Hello everybody and a very warm welcome to the Bitcoin Effect, your Bitcoin and business podcast. Today again with my co-host Peter. Hello Peter. Hello Martin. And we have Dirk Röder from Deutsche Telekom MMS with us. Hello Dirk. Hi Peter, hi Martin. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being here. So maybe to, to start a little bit, Dirk, who are you and what are you doing? Okay, I'm, I'm Dirk. Obviously, I work in the blockchain space since 2016, like in a, in a professional capacity. And I am with Deutsche Telekom since September 2022. So roughly a year ago, I joined the Web3 infrastructure and solution team at Deutsche Telekom. And what do they do? We provide node infrastructure for proof-of-stake networks. So basically, what does it mean? The reputation or the core business of Deutsche Telekom is cloud infrastructure or IT infrastructure. That's where Deutsche Telekom is famous for. And we provide reliable, secure infrastructure. And then the team, this decision was made way before I joined the team. They made the decision to say, okay, there are the hyperscalers, a lot of those node operations run on AWS and Google and Azure, etc. So why not throw our competence or our head in the game and provide um, infrastructure for those node operations, validators, oracles, and stuff like that. And we successfully do this since we had like a seed phase where we tried with Chainlink. This was the first one. And then we scaled and now we have 10 networks onboarded. Uh, and um, we are running a, a business basically providing the infrastructure and the software as reliable infrastructure. And the tokens will be delegated from the people who hold the tokens. So we don't touch the tokens. We don't trade the tokens. We are just being paid in a small commissions for the block rewards. And that's how we finance our business. So to sum it up, what would you say? Who are your, your typical customers? Or who were those before you came into the game, that game? Uh, this hasn't changed. Uh, I don't want to lose too many Bitcoiners. So we also do Bitcoin just to throw this in. So, and, uh, so the people stick to the podcast. No, uh, the the uh, <laughs> customer, the typical partner, as you want to say, are the foundations of the um, the proof of stake networks and institutionals. One of the USPs we have, I guess, is is the the decentralization part. As I mentioned, many many networks are on hyperscalers, and if you go decentral, one thing is like let's say. You have a Hetzner moment. I don't know if you are aware of the fact that Hetzner, which is an IT infrastructure provider, that they uh, made a decision. I think it was last year. I'm not 100% sure. I don't want to say something wrong, but I think it was 2022 when they decided that they don't do any node operations for the proof of stake networks. So all of a sudden, like all those node operators need to you know, go off and find a an alternative solution. So just imagine if Amazon goes down or AWS or someone made a similar decision, then um, then they are in trouble. And we provide uh, enterprise-grade hardware and an alternative because we are not going on hy hyperscalers. We run our own clouds. So this mm -hmm. is the USP. 
Do you know how, how it came to all this? Yes. Was it like someone at Deutsche Telekom woke up one morning and said, hey, I've got it. We have to have to do something with blockchain. Or how 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 did that happen that you that the a big company, huge corporate started with something like that? That's a very good question and it's an interesting one. So Deutsche Telekom before they made this decision to you know, to combine their expertise in blockchain with one of the core competences being cloud infrastructure. They did the typical consulting, prototyping, piloting in the blockchain space. And the experiences they gathered over the years from 2016-ish until 2020, roughly 2019, 2020, when they looked into staking, were very similar to the ones I experienced when I was working for my one Wolf, my uh, former employee. So what did we do? Like we tried to explain blockchain to corporates. We tried to identify use cases and then build prototypes and solutions with those corporates uh, or customers. And this is a very difficult, time-consuming and Yeah, also frustrating business. Why? Yeah, first of all, it doesn't scale. So it's not software as a service. So, you you know, you, you have to hunt down the customer and you have to, you know, have, you have to write a proposal and, and or they sometimes they do a request for a proposal, then you, you make an offer. And then, you know, the, all this administrational part is very time consuming and Uh, then afterwards, the project usually doesn't last that long. And this is going to make a lot of Bitcoiners happy, I guess. At the end of the day, many, many use cases didn't really come to light or, let's say, were sustainable. You know, we all heard about those logistic use cases and the heritage use cases. And I'm not saying that those use cases are bad inherently or that they don't work. Like uh, I want to emphasize that when I was with my one wolf, uh, we never, not in one single incident, we never came across a use case which we couldn't build from a technical point of view. Always we had either industry problems or inner political problems in the companies which basically make, made it impossible to go through with the idea of a pilot based on blockchain. So the, the, the digital transformation aspect of blockchain is, is a valid point and it is a valid driver. You can do tr digital transformation if you think blockchain because everything has to be digitalized. But at the very same day, this is basically change management and you, you encounter all the known problems when you want to change anything in a company. So um, mm -hmm. one smart guy, uh, his name is Gleb. He, uh, he's, a, he's an Ukrainian as far as I know. He's, not he's no longer with the company, unfortunately, but he had this idea actually, like those uh, two to three years ago. And uh, he said, well, you know, He figured out that it's it's cumbersome to you know to hunt down those those projects and do the pilots and they never come to light, etc. Uh, so let's do something which is more to our core business and which at the end 
will scale. And then he came up with the staking idea and they did, did a seed phase and successfully uh, run uh, Chainlink oracles. And they figured out there is a, boss, a, bis, sorry, a business model there. So um, that's how Telecom basically got into Web3 or staking infrastructure, blockchain infrastructure, however you want to call it. But then later on, you came in 2022, you said, and it experienced another shift or a, a focus. Is, is, it, is it a focus towards a Bitcoin a little bit more or not? Or why? Uh, how, how did that happen that you, that you started to focus as well, not only on, on, on staking and stuff, but also Bitcoin and, and so on, as you've been held a speech already at the Bitcoin conference in, in, uh, in Innsbruck this year. Uh, talking about that point, how how did that happen then? Finally, actually, they they just put it live two two days ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, at the heart, that uh, well, I guess some guys already know me, so they know that I'm a Bitcoiner at heart. So when I applied for the job and and I, I knew roughly what I'm getting into, I figured that there are some similarities between staking or let's say like proof of uh, stake networks and proof of work uh, networks. So basically both is infrastructure. So there might be an opportunity there. This was my my thinking when I, when I hired with them. I like the software as a service and especially the scaling part of the business. Uh, that is one reason why I signed the contract. I would not have signed the contract if they would have told me, you know, we are doing the piloting stuff uh, and blockchain use cases then I wouldn't have signed it because I, I, I gathered the experience of my former employee. So when in the in the first couple of weeks, I'm you know first of all because I know roughly what staking is, um, and uh, you know like I have an idea. I'm not a technical guy from my education. I'm an, an, an economic guy, so um, I roughly understood what's going on. So I tried to understand more deeply what staking means, what exactly Deutsche Telekom is providing, why that is good, like all. All that I said like a couple of minutes ago. But on the other hand, uh, one of my tasks from the management was to make the, the project or call the department, you know, let's call it department, to make this more resilient. And this is why I pushed or start to push the Bitcoin agenda. And with Lightning, there is a an opportunity for us, like at least that's what we think. We identified a couple of uh, potential use cases where telecom can play a, a major role for adoption and uh, more better UI, UX and the spread of love in, in, the, in the area. And this is why I pushed this Bitcoin agenda uh, besides still running proof of stake. So it's not an either or, it's just like, you know, I have the mandate to do Web3 infrastructure and solutions. I don't want to go into like the details, what is Web3 and like all those discussion because, you know, you can discuss, as I said in, in, in Innsbruck, you can lose friends over like the most stupid things. So I don't want to, you know, make yeah. splitting hairs here, but this is my mandate. So we can, we can work within this, uh, in this mandate 
And since Bitcoin mining is out of the question, um, so we are looking at other potential approaches when it comes to infrastructure. And there are some and uh, we are pursuing them. I remember we talked pretty soon after you started for the first time. And in, in my memory, the idea to, to do Bitcoin at Deutsche Telekom as you are a Bitcoiner of heart was there like pretty much from the beginning, but the circumstances kind of weren't ready. I remember there were ESG concerns and a lot of other concerns, but somehow this shifted over time. So can you tell us a little bit on where you started and how it developed and maybe also give some advice for people on that are in a similar situation on how to change the narrative around the whole Bitcoin topic? What you did. Yeah, as I can recommend, you know, I don't want to advertise the video, but if, if somebody is interested, just watch the video, put it perhaps in your in your show notes. Uh, I guess there is a, there are good uh, informations in those in, in this pitch from uh, BTC23. But to give like a short rundown, yes, you're, tr you're right. In the very beginning, there, there was... They were really reluctant or hesitant to talk about Bitcoin. It was a quite tricky topic to talk about and, you know, the usual suspects. Not so much like war or sex, human trafficking, like all that stuff. It's more like the, uh, the impact on, on uh, the environment, which is... Of course, with all the major companies is a very big concern on all their PR material that, you know, everybody wants to be sustainable and everybody wants to look after the environment, which, of course, in, in its core is a good thing. So Bitcoin is an easy attack vector for anybody outside the company if someone is dealing with Bitcoin to attack the company and, you know, picking this particular topic or project or whatever and you know just and, and yeah blame them for not taking care of the environment again as i as i said in in, in talks and, and and on stage as well um, many many of those discussions are not led uh, factual they are led uh, emotional and this makes it even more complicated But at, this, at the very same time, and uh, I can repeat my thank you note to all the Bitcoiners out there, I think it is, it is really, really important that they keep doing what they're doing. Like all the podcasts like yours, uh, the videos, the blogs, and I don't know, um, whatever, whatever people feel confident with all the, the interviews and, and, and whatnot, they help to shift the narrative. And many, many, like over the, this helped me in my journey at Deutsche Telekom really, really big time that when I started in September 2022 to, let's say now, like one year later, the, the narrative that Bitcoin basically is a energy consuming monster, which is going to kill us at the end. This is disputed so many times from very various angles and this of course helps a lot and the let's say the protective reaction or the um, reluctant reaction towards bitcoin got 
smaller um, months after months. So this is a big thank you note to all the Bitcoiners, Bitcoiners out there fighting the good fight and you know throwing themselves against those narratives, commenting on stupid articles like from you know the, the <laughs> famous Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung or whoever is writing all those uh, nice articles, so that they you know correct them and 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 point out what's wrong. And I guess this is. This is a very, very big help because you can now share links, share studies, research, even proof uh, that uh, let's take a riot in Texas, how Bitcoin actually can help to, uh, to change the way we, we generate energy. And this, also, yeah, this was, was helpful. I did a little bit on my own. So I, of course, showed that uh, I'm a Bitcoiner. I had backgrounds uh, in, the, in the video calls uh, with this famous bull on fire, uh, which of course drove like the, the people who were in the calls to ask me like, what the heck is the bull stands for? And then they saw like the Bitcoin sign on his head. And of course you have a discussion, then you can start talking. Of course, since I am in this space, I talked with the team, I talked with the direct management involved. And I could counter all the arguments against Bitcoin with factual-based facts. And this helped to change the narrative that we are now officially running a Bitcoin node and a Bitcoin lightning node in the company. And uh, that is fine. This was a long answer. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. But how did, you, how did you know that the time is right? <laughs> it's my uh, superior... He was, uh, he was fighting against this Bitcoin idea. And I, I just use him as an indicator. You know, I, I think he, he did a good job. Don't get me wrong, you know, and, uh, uh, to, you know, to, uh, it's, it's, sometimes it's good when, when questions are asked just to make sure that, you know, if you want to go down, uh, down a path, That you really thought it through. If somebody just says, "Yeah, go whatever," and, and try, I'm not saying that he distrusted me, but I think it's good to question and to challenge someone and challenge an idea. But I saw that he got tired fighting because he was losing all the arguments. Like, not an. And I, I really want to emphasize that when I say fighting, it's not that that we screamed at each other or disrespected each other. It was. None of this. We were just having an argue an argument. We were discussing the topic, and he was basically running out of arguments. And this was like my this was a sign for me to say maybe it's time to go one step further. And this is what was basically the approach um, to to always you know push the boundaries step by step. And yeah, I'm not there yet where I, where I want to be. Um, Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, we will have in the next uh, three to six months, we will have pilots coming out. And I guess they will be somehow cool. And uh, then we will see, you know, how the community reacts, uh, how the market reacts, because we are a profit-driven company. We want to make money. I guess that's uh, that's fair game. So uh, let's see. But for now, I guess... This is how it went down. So I had my superior and then the top management of the company. And uh, I just always waited from someone saying stop. Nobody actually said stop. So I keep going. 
Yeah. What you say that's uh, special in a, in a, in a, in a German company, uh, even if it's international, but uh, there is this narrative of the German angst and uh, more seeing and more dealing with anxieties than with pulls and chances um, saying, ah, uh, oh, we have never done that. So we better don't do it. Yeah. I think it's, I wouldn't say typical Germany, but it's, let's say it's, Atypical United States. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. But it. But it's. And I really. And and again, this is not like a, a typical Bitcoin dilemma. If we are honest to each other, this is just take electric cars. Mm -hmm. You know, I I worked for a car company for, yeah, over seven years at Audi. Perhaps some of you heard about them. And uh, it was, and even that, I, although that I left the company way before like electric cars with Tesla became popular, but, but of course I kept contact to my colleagues. And I remember when they reported back what in those meetings were said about electric vehicles and uh, basically how it turned out. I'm not saying that we all will be all real electric and 100%. That's not my message, but You know, I still vividly remember what they said about Tesla in 2015 and in 2017 and 2019. They were mocking him because he's he was losing money and he really was losing money big time. He was building like a few cars a day. I remember like one of the sentences what Tesla is building in a year. Volkswagen builds like just in, in the German factories a day, you know, like all those statistics and they were laughing at him. I think. It's it's a if, if it's also if there's a challenging idea or a challenging technology coming around the, or lurking around the corner, the established businesses, yeah. first of all, they don't take them serious, and I can understand them. If you're like top top tier, like number than the top ten or top five. Uh, of an industry and then somebody comes around the corner and says, oh, I'm challenging you guys because I have a better idea. You know, they just look at sheer market share and they laugh you off of the plantation. You know, they think like, what are you going to do? You know, we, we rule the world. And then exponential growth hits and then people realize, oh, oh, bad, uh, we missed an opportunity. I think it's an old story. Yeah. And it has to do with arrogance. It has to do with uh, too much confidence in, in their own business model. And of course, the fear or the, yeah, they are scared of change. I guess it comes down to those three. So it sounds like a pretty brave path uh, that Deutsche Telekom and, and even you took there. When, when you, and you then in uh, September 22 stepped into this uh, blockchain unit making money with issuers and uh, staking and stuff like that <laughs> with a lots of anxiety against Bitcoin, preventing them from focusing too much on it, probably because of environmental issues and stuff like that. And with no issuer, why that then? What, what was then? I think it, that, that, that that's pretty brave. Uh, I, I bet Martin has a, has a special question on, on that, that one following up now. I, I think that's the main question. The main question is, if your previous business was with the issuers of certain altcoins, 
And now you're changing to Bitcoin and there is no central issuer because or doing it in parallel. Yeah. Yeah. Not so one or the other. who are going to be your customers and how do you want to make money out of this? Well, first of all, I, I'd like to challenge the idea that because there is no foundation at Bitcoin, that this might have been the problem in the first place. As I said, I think the major problem with Bitcoin was and in, in, in parts, I honestly say still is, is the env environmental impact. You know, you, I don't want to go into deep, like I guess all the, the audience, they know, they are well aware of all the discussions, the, uh, the, the facts and stuff. So I guess we can say that. But I think this is the main issue why they, they stood away. And perhaps, and to be fair, that the opportunity how to make money in the Bitcoin space I'm not saying that this opened up in the last 365 days. This would be bold and arrogant on my end. That's not what I'm saying. But perhaps they were focused on the proof of stake because if you look at it from a like from a distance and with the the knowledge, the capabilities, and the reputation from Deutsche Telekom, where they are famous for, what they bring to the table, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, it is still way more obvious to do proof of stake than to do proof of work. But since, as I said, since we do Web3 infrastructure and solution, this is not limited to proof of stake. This is limited to, you know, the Web3 infrastructure and Bitcoin belongs to it. So uh, I said, let's open ourselves to, to this network, which I, maybe now I'm gonna, I, I can see the pitchforks already from the Bitcoin community, but let's say it's a monetary system. So let's, you know, let's go down this road. I know for many of, or some of you guys, uh, it's more than that. I don't want to go in, the, it, I don't want to go into a philosophical discussion, but it's basically a, a medium of exchange. So um, there are opportunities because again, uh, companies need in companies somehow needs to deal with uh, Bitcoin. It's perhaps not only a German uh, problem, it's perhaps an international one. And since we are in the Web3 space, we are used to to talk internationally. We're, um, and I just have to say at this at this particular point in the, in the conversation that I am not with Deutsche Telekom in Bonn. I'm with Deutsche Telekom MMS, which is a, We call ourselves the digital heart of the Deutsche Telekom. It's 100% subsidiary. And our business usually is in the DACH region, which means Germany, uh, Austria, and Switzerland. But our particular business, like our from our department, is very international. Our, the, the foundations, they, they are based like around the globe. And uh, the Bitcoin business is, you know, we... Once you, you have solutions in the infrastructure area of, of Lightning, then you're basically you're, you're doing international business. Uh, again, it's, it's not uh, just on the German market and um, it's not like an either or. We can do both things like staking and uh, the Bitcoin stuff. And there are opportunities. And yeah, I don't want to go into details because, you know, I want to keep some aces up my sleeve. So please uh, accept that I won't tell you exactly what we identified as potential use cases, but uh, we are looking at them. And I think this doesn't contradict that we started with staking or that we maintain the staking operation. I think it's just the second la leg we stay on or stand on. 
And I think this is a good thing to have a resilient department. Just summarize this, because you made an interesting point there from, from what I see. At least said, one, yes. At least one. At <laughs> least one. <laughs> you said, as a provider of hosting infrastructure services, going to the hosting infrastructure services within the Web3 space, staking and so on, was an easier move because it was, let's call it, easier to conceptualize than to go into something more unknown, farther away from the core business, like whatever in Bitcoin. And so the, the logical step was to go into staking. And from staking, you basically considered yourself a Web3 service provider. And then you could basically make the argument for if we're doing Web3 and staking anyway, why not diversify and take Bitcoin next to Ethereum and Solana and Polkadot and whatever. And then from there, you're now able to explore different business models that are within the Bitcoin economy. And that's basically like a step-by-step -step to make the, the steps not too big and make them doable for a huge company like Deutsche Telekom that even if you are just a part of the company and a smaller part of the company, you're still in the, let's call it, slower cycles and higher risk adversity of the whole company uh, when trying new things. So this was kind of the step-by-step -step approach. Is that fair to say? Well, if, yeah, if you say it like this, uh, it makes a lot of sense. And yes, it is fair to say. I, I just want to add one tiny detail that it wasn't the plan all along, like from the company. As I said, the decision to go into Web3 and staking was made way before me. And I, I stand by it. It's for from a, a Deutsche Telekom standpoint, it was a very smart decision because it's like scaling as a service. It's a, it's a super interesting business model. But yeah, to go one step further and to say now, since we were in staking and there are potential opportunities also in Bitcoin, Uh, why not pursue those? That's uh, like a logical next step. Yes. Was there something like a tipping point to recognize, okay, there is a huge potential in this in this uh, Bitcoin uh, space that doesn't seem to be something we can make money with at the first side. Uh, and and then, then suddenly that shifted or was it a constantly ongoing learning or whatever was there something yeah the the sheer existence of lightning like again it's it's for me personally i mean you mm. i know that there is a, like a funny business model to to run bitcoin notes for other people i don't think it's a huge market so i'm just throwing that out there yeah but this is not like so okay this is off the table as i said before And I stand by that. Uh, Bitcoin mining is is off the table as well. So um, mm -hmm. I think a game changer for us was because I I had and still have some uh, some people who are open minded or even Bitcoiner themselves in my team. And uh, of course, since we openly discussed and yes, we had these sometimes these challenging conversations in person with the whole team or over teams. 
like uh, Bitcoin over, you know, he came into this argument uh, we have on Twitter and so many other uh, forums, you know, like crypto, Bitcoin, etc. But basically out of this, all of this conversation, we distilled there is an opportunity which is called lighting. And then we started to look into it. Privately, some of the guys and myself, we run a lightning node, we did some transactions and we tried, you know, started to reading stuff and try to, you know, understand the inner workings of this technology. And um, yeah, then we just, we discovered roughly a few use cases where, uh, where we think we can leave a dent, hopefully. <laughs> okay. There, there was a, there was a time because I mean, we, uh, We worked together on this. There was a time when you started to do the first investment uh, into this new project, decided to hire someone externally to to assist you with the build-up, to hire us for going the next step. Can you elaborate a little bit on, because that's, I mean, take your money where your mouth is, is kind of one of the big stepping stones. So you can think about what you will do in new business models all day long. Um, but the moment that you're paying someone to help you build it is the moment when, when things, in my opinion, get real. So what triggered this moment? What, what made it so that you said, okay, now we're going more into this. We're going to invest into this. Uh, we're going to make this more official by actually putting our money where our mouth is. As you may know, this podcast is part of our ongoing effort to help companies improve their business models, find their product market fit, find their product language fit, and especially help them in integrating Bitcoin as a technology into their existing business. However, just listening to the podcast doesn't get the job done, does it? So if you like the way we do this podcast, how we analyze business, and want to upgrade your own business and take action, then send us a mail at podcast at utxo.solutions and we will see if we can help you with that. Podcast at utxo.solutions. It's always worth a try. Well, you have to invest to make money. I guess this is like not like really a rocket science quote. So... Um, <laughs> At the end of the day, we arrived at a point where our tech expertise came to an end or hit a wall. So, you know, we we were able to run a lightning node and we, you know, we were able to open channels and, you know, all that stuff. Like, But the, the inner magic, like the links between, you know, doing this or doing that, the uh, uh, dependencies and all that, they they were very opaque. So we needed to get a clearer picture of what was going on. And this was the time when I said, okay, we can either rely on some interns or students who are doing the research, or we can basically, you know, dedicate one of our developers or two um, to get themselves accustomed to it. But the learning curve is, is way slower. And at the end, I think, more expensive when we are coming down to euros than just to hire an external expert who gives us a rep rep up and you know we have a steeper learning curve when we we quicker come to a point where we are able to make a decision and basically 
yes, this, uh, you helped us to achieve this quicker and to have a better idea what's going on in the space. It's not, I'm not saying, of course, you know, it's very dynamic. Things change. I just remember Taproot Assets just was announced a couple of days ago and stuff. But like the general understanding and where Deutsche Telekom could play a role in, in this network. Um, this helped us, uh, and that's why we said, okay, it's basically it's a it's an it's a business decision. It's uh, it's cheaper to get external help if you want to really you know come to to a point where you make a decision. And this is we are still not there yet. We haven't decided that we you know we go all we never will go all in because we have other businesses. But to say like we are not at this stage to say like we will roll out this or that. Yeah product we're in the pilot phase and as i said hopefully in the next three to six months we will announce something and then we will see how the market reacts and uh, we will be mark we will be ready to um to deal with demand be, be prepare ourselves but i think this is where we will at, this is the point where we will make the final decision if we pursue it like like professionally but at the end of the day we have to come up with some pilots and that's where you help us guys mm. Do you believe that Deutsche Telekom as a huge infrastructure provider, like above Telekom MMS, is the only big player starting to invest in, in, in these kind of infrastructure services and these new technologies? Or do you know something about others already? Uh, are you pioneering this? What do, you, what do you think? I don't want to advertise uh, other yeah. brand names, but I can tell <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but I can tell you that other telecommunication providers are getting into this business as well. Yeah. So there is a, I would, I would go so far to say there is a natural link between the business of a telecommunication provider and let's say Web3. But has this been a discussion point before you drove down deeper because i mean part of ceo decision making is the competition does it so maybe we should do it too so if there is a natural link i mean once you you get more exposure you see more things but did you notice that your competition is going into the space as well before you went into the space yourself no it was the other way around i'm you know I don't want to, don't quote me on this. I'm, uh, but as far as I know. We are here in, 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 in private. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but I think all the glory and all the um, entrepreneurial spirit goes to the team. Back in the days when they made this decision, I um, I would say they were the real pioneers. And I think one should congratulate the team and i i hereby do but i already did like in private so they were really pioneering that and i think deutsche telekom really showed some entrepreneurial startup spirit by you know saying okay we uh, we let you do we give you a little seed finance um or it's let's say basically say okay you're allowed to use some hours to you know to develop that stuff and uh, just go for it and prove to us that there is a business model so yes the as far as i know we were the first doing this hmm. 
but you didn't so you couldn't see the others in competing because that's something that i would assume that many many companies don't see the competition rising until they have actually risen yes but as far as i know there is a there is a nice video i can i can i don't i can share the link or give you give you the url actually it happened in istanbul uh, i think two weeks ago one of my uh, colleagues went down there it's the cosmo verse from cosmo the, the 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 token called cosmo and he was on stage with someone from vodafone And the Vodafone representative really actually said that when she is talking to people in Vodafone, she shares our URL from our Geschäftskunden Telekom.de about staking to t to show them, look what Deutsche Telekom is doing. So I guess, nice. I guess like they openly admitted it on stage, which was like, you know, this was, yeah. <laughs> uh, Germany would say it, it runs down like honey. Uh, so this was like a, a very, very nice moment and, and, and an appreciation what basically we were doing, like the forefront of, you know, breaking barriers or I wouldn't say breaking rules, but breaking barriers. So and we, we know that there are others that they get into the stage, uh, into into the um, the area, sorry. And we know that, you know, they are looking for employees. They're like, uh, they're positions, uh, open positions. They're open positions on their on their websites that they are looking for a team. So I, I again, I I don't want to you know if somebody. Okay, you see, you observe that there's a certain movement or yeah, activities. Exactly, I, I, and I I'm pretty certain that Deutsche Telekom really was the pioneer, and others are getting into the business. So, as the Deutsche Telekom's customer base is. There are thousands of small and medium-sized companies and enterprises. If, if that is the main asset that you have, is this huge customer base. I assume that you do assume that there will be something that you could address via a product based on Bitcoin technology whatsoever. What do you think? Why do established businesses like small and medium-sized enterprises should spend some time on studying Bitcoin and, and making assessments on this technology. If you do. Okay. If, if you, I, I don't know, you said there's no product yet, but probably potentially if, if there will be a product, it, I assume that it's going to be addressing a leader share of this market then. Well, of course, that is the hope of everybody. If you, if you pioneer or if you look into a product, you hope that, you know, you will gain a big market share. True. But uh, let's be a little bit more philosophical uh, when you say why should those companies, you know, inform themselves about Bitcoin. It's, I think, at the end of the day, it's like Bitcoin for a company who produces light bulbs, just spring spring to mind you know don't don't worry uh but you know why should they deal with bitcoin so it, it there is no direct link they're they're not in the financial markets although they have a balance sheet and stuff like this but like in their core business they have absolutely or i wouldn't say absolutely but they have no link to bitcoin in uh, in the first mm -hmm. place so um 
I, I think there uh, it it depends. If you do international trade, um, there are so many stories out there how cumbersome like a money transfer on the international market is. And as, as long as you are not Volkswagen, BASF or one of those huge corporates, you are dealing with very high banking fees to make a international money transfer. So... Mm -hmm. Maybe this is something those people look into. Maybe some suffer from inflation. I don't know. It's at the end of the day. Um, I think those companies, and this is uh, I, I'm getting back to, uh, to to my to the presentation at uh, in Innsbruck, uh, like guys like the MicroStrategy uh, in, uh, insane um, uh, comrade. Usually those top managers, they they deal with their daily operations. They don't they do not read um, or have so much time to spend on you know what Bitcoin could mean like for humanity or for the financial world. I think if someone is personally interested, they they might they they might invest the time and they might end up you know considering it to put it on the balance sheet but in the very vast majority um, it is it comes down to bitcoin being some sort of medium of exchange i guess mm -hmm. this is where we all come together and where we say okay if this this is achieved at some somehow in their process when dealing with other partners other companies other countries that this might come in handy so um Yeah, I, I would leave it at that. Peter, you mentioned uh, the customer base. I wonder, from your point of view, when going into Bitcoin, your competition is not just other telco or IT providers, but mainly all the small enterprises that maybe have been doing Bitcoin and Lightning stuff since three to five years. So like, I don't know, the Voltage or Breeze or whatever, depending on what your business model for the new product will look like. Why do you think you will be successful in competing against them? If you think, but I guess you do think because otherwise this would have been <laughs> a very bold endeavor. Well, define successful. How you formulated the sentence means like we're we're basically diminishing them. We're just <laughs> wiping them uh, uh, of the face of the earth. I guess uh, if you if you uh, if you're going down that road, I would say no. That's that's not a a goal. It's totally unrealistic. But on the other hand, if if you look at it that will we have a considerable market share and by considerable i mean where we make money on our services i still think that this is fair game and i know this is a very boring card and perhaps i i, I will play now or perhaps it's even perhaps it sounds a little arrogant to some of the audience but just imagine you are The CEO of a middle, how do you say, like uh, yeah, MDAX uh, company, like uh, making perhaps a couple of billions of revenue, and you have to deal with an American company, an American startup, 
Uh, you are here based in the European Union with our GDPR compliance regulations, etc. And then you would have a completely 100% compliant uh, GDPR uh, regulated company within the European Union with a very good reputation. Uh, one of the, the most well-known brand names across the globe offering the same service. I wouldn't say like 100% of those CEOs will go with Deutsche Telekom, <laughs> but as I said, I, I still think there is an opportunity for us here that uh, they think twice to go with this American startup uh, in comparison to us. So I think this is our market where we plan to leave a dent. It ha already happened in the past, at least once to the telecom industry, when Skype came into that market and uh, drove to a complete shift of the uh, telecommunication business model designs. When they started with their freemium business model to help people to communicate over borders and without uh, any boundaries due to telecommunication same with whatsapp i mean i mean the idea the idea is compelling because the idea is like okay we are big and we offer security and processes and stability and low risk profile in comparison to maybe better features that a smaller business brings along but you're right peter it's like yeah. it's not like this is something that has proven in the past safe for like Skype and WhatsApp? Well, that's first of all, it's it's not about money. Money makes the world go round. It's a different, very different use case. And secondly, none of them are regulated. Mm. That's a huge difference. Mm. I think it's... Um, It's a very, very good example to the innovator's dilemma as described by Clayton Christensen. When a new technology comes along and uh, is starting to gain market shares at the very, very low end of a market, uh, starting to give access to participants of this market who haven't had access before, like for transferring money internationally if, if compared to Bitcoin, for example. And what the innovator's dilemma says is that the established businesses, especially huge corporates, uh, will not survive when they don't start early to start with uh, to study these technologies and try and, and, and hard to adopt those. If they do, they have pretty good chances to, to survive. If not, these small startups are quick and fast and able uh, capable to to pivot as as, as quick as um, or quicker as every or any huge corporate with yeah compliance uh, systems and stuff can do like how do you do uh, how 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 does that works in in, in your uh, business unit as how, what can you do to experiment quick and fast to explore this new this new market uh, do you see any differences to to a startup I, I, I bet there will be or would you say it's more or less the same but with some trade-offs we have to make you always have trade-offs but i just want to remark or uh, make a statement that uh, we're not clueless i guess we are already looking into it so this uh, uh, this description you just made um, hopefully doesn't um, is a valid one for us 
because I guess we're not um, asleep at the wheel. Coming to your question, I think, and I sincerely think this, that we have a lot of freedom to do stuff, to experiment with technology. It doesn't, you know, whatever like comes away, we do roll-ups and RPIs, RPC, sorry, and, and other stuff. So we we have a lot of freedom, which also might be the case or the reason for it that from 100, I don't know, 110,000 employees of Deutsche Telekom, I think, Roughly 500 of them understand what we actually are doing. So this helps, um, <laughs> of course. But um, no, um, I I think in a good way, we have a lot of leeway and um, a lot of room to fail. And I think this comes mm. close to a startup. Mm. Of course, on the other hand, we are not a startup. We are not as fast as a startup. This would be wrong to to make this comparison because yes of course we are uh, a little bit limited by you know we have to be compliant we always double check with the team of lawyers if we're if we are allowed to do this and we cannot do anything which is not a hundred percent compliant if we just have like one percent of yeah. let's say it's not really clear we are not allowed to do it so there is there are differences, but when it comes to work in a in a corporate and you know with all the benefits, you know, a secure job if unlimited means you know, who has it? Yeah, you know, I, I, there are positives and negatives. Yeah. But uh, for me, and I experienced like I was working for Audi, uh, I was working for a, a middle-sized company when it comes to consultants, uh, I, I, I had two startups. I think when I compare like my, my personal experience, I would say we have a very free spirited team and the management has our back, which is a great thing in my eyes. Mm. If you think that we work in one of the biggest company in Germany or perhaps in Europe, uh, and we still, you know, can, I'm not saying that we can do whatever we want, but I guess you get uh, the gist of it. So yeah, it's, for me, it's a, a very, very nice working environment. So what successes will you be able to celebrate on Halloween next year? <laughs> like my personal, yeah, I, like, first of all, um, I guess you're only interested in the Bitcoin part, so um, I, I stick to it. Yes, uh, let's one year from now. I it would be really really cool if we would have had two successful pilots, a positive market reaction, and we would have how do you say productualized? But basically, we made a product um, out of those pilots for us, and we're on the market with them. This would be like when we're talking about Bitcoin. This would be a great achievement for me in a year from now. Very cool. Okay. We take you by the word and uh, from here on in one year, we're going to have you again as a guest and see what happened. Very good. Anything else great. you would yeah. like to share with our viewers, listeners? Mm, not in particular. I guess uh, there's only one thing uh, at the end. If, if, if you stuck so long, 
as I say, uh, many, or I got the question a lot, how do you deal with the staking part of your business as a Bitcoiner? And perhaps uh, I hereby would like to offer a hand for both of the both sides of the community. I don't I don't like the black and white discussions, and I know I know that Bitcoiners especially can be very toxic, maximalistic, and I'm not saying they are wrong. But at the end of the day, we are dealing with humans, and humans are entitled to have different opinions. And at the end of the day, it doesn't hurt anybody. So we have free will. If you drive a Mercedes and I'm an Audi guy, you know, who am I to tell you that you're, you're driving the wrong car? So <laughs> Wish you luck, you will need it. Sorry? <laughs> Wish you luck, probably need it. <laughs> so I, I know all the arguments and I'm not saying that they are wrong, but I, I really like to make a pledge for more openness and more tolerance especially towards the the other side of the aisle i'm i'm totally i totally understand that if we have the scammers i'm a hundred percent against the scammers i'm a hundred percent pro you know calling them out and stopping them so don't get me wrong but you know to to go into hair splitting i think this doesn't help anybody at the end of the day the best blockchain the best idea will win. And I think also the idea with the biggest use case of them all has already won. So we can all relax a little bit. Christmas is coming. So, you know, just light up a candle, make some cookies and uh, enjoy your fuck you money. <laughs> <laughs> nice ending words. Thank you very much. For people listening to this, we're happy to get some reviews on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, whatever. So Dirk has some feedback uh, <laughs> on whether you like the episode with him or not. We too, but mainly Dirk. Um, <laughs> so thank you again very much. And hear you all in two weeks. See you next year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> If you are thinking about how you can use this fascinating technology of Bitcoin to improve, strengthen or make your own business more successful, then just reach out. Because that is exactly what we do. We help companies with our consulting, trainings, workshops and programs, especially with our careful innovation program and the jobs to be done framework to find out the best way for them and to implement it efficiently. So if you want it for your business, all you have to do now is just click the link in the show notes to book a free meeting and let's find out in a short meeting if and how we can help your business to make progress as well.